Good evening, this is Caleb Arnd with the Walk With God podcast and YouTube channel coming to you this evening for the 30th of July, 2020. Tonight we're going to be reading from Psalm 23, 2 Chronicles chapters 26 through chapter 28, then Proverbs chapter 20 verse 11, and then Romans chapter 13. Before we get started though, let's uh, go before the throne of our Lord and in prayer and ask him to bless this study. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, so much for the word that you have given us, both through the prophets, through the apostles, through uh, your messengers, Lord, that you have given your inspired holy word to communicate to us so that we can learn and we can know more about you. Lord, I pray that you would bless our study tonight. Please bless your word. Help it not to return unto you void. Help it to grow in us, Lord. Help us to help it to grow us. Help us to grow in knowledge, wisdom, and understanding of who you are and what you have called us to and what you want us to do and how you want us to share your love for us and for the entire world with others. Lord, I pray that you would help us to learn about those that have come before us and learn both the good, what we should do, and learn the bad and what we should not do and what mistakes we should not make. Lord, please help us to grow. Help us to do your will, I pray, Father. And we pray continuously for the healing of our country. Lord, there are so many uh, violent unrests and protests and things going on now. And we pray for your leading. We, we pray for your healing. We pray for your protection over those that are the first responders, over law enforcement, and, and those that are in the front lines of trying to do your will and trying to help others. Lord, please protect them and keep them safe. We pray for the healing of Scarlett and of Joel McConkie, and we pray for the healing of Grandpa Naputunoa and Grandpa Delano and uh, Brother Ken in New York and uh, Linda, Brother Stu's wife, and anyone else that we don't even and can't even think of right now for healing for their cancer, for their uh, physical ailment and sickness. We pray for the healing of our country and our land and our world of this COVID-19 virus. And Lord, we pray uh, for the revival in the hearts of every American and every person of this world, for them to come to you as their Savior and to trust in you and to grow in your word. Lord, let your will be done. Help us to grow. Help us to learn well, I pray tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, turning to Psalm 23 is where we start, and this is the Psalm of David. This is the shepherd's psalm. It's a famous one. It's very popular, and let's look at it now. And it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Here David is writing about none other than the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord God, who is the Good Shepherd. And he is declaring in verse 1, in the very first verse, that the Lord is his shepherd. That the Lord, for all those who are saved, who are called by God, who has made 
God of heaven, the Lord of their life. He is that good shepherd. And that good shepherd brings us, brings even David to lie down in green pastures and beside the still waters, just as a good shepherd would lead his flock into places that would be a good uh, providence for them, would provide water, which is the most basic need of all life around them, as well as uh, the air that they breathe. I mean, someone cannot... uh, survive without air, but someone cannot for survive without water for more than approximately three days. That is an average survival rate, but we see that the Lord brings us to places that also are providing food and nourishment for us, just like the the grasses are provided for the flocks for them to feed on. And so by that, he restores our souls, just as it says in verse 3, he restoreth my soul, he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And so he does not only bring us to a place of provision, but he also teaches us, he leads us, he guides us, he brings us along different paths that are meant for us to to be brought into new areas or different areas when an area might become no longer a the right place that God would have us in then he brings us to somewhere else and it says during this time of travel and movement yea though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil when the Lord brings us through different areas when we are walking through this world there will be fears there will be sometimes even the fear of death, but we can not be afraid of death. We can have the calm and the peace of the Lord because we can know that he is with us, just like it says in verse 4, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. These are tools of the shepherd that are used for protection and for uh, guiding and leading the flock. The shepherd's crook and staff, it, it could be used to hook the sheep and to guide them into the right path that they are supposed to go and to teach and lead them, but also the staff and the rod can be used to uh, dismay and to deflect and and, uh, drive away hunters and predators and even other men that would try to steal or kidnap or hurt the flock to hurt the shepherd. And we can know that God, he is the perfect shepherd that protects us and he has very strong tools and uh, the perfect weapons to be able to destroy all of our enemies and so we can trust in him to bring us and to lead us and to guide us and teach us then in verse 5 and 6 we see the perspective of david as he is acknowledging and looking on the lord's provision and how he has blessed him in his life and he says that thou preparest a table before me uh, in the presence of mine enemies, even surrounded by enemies on all sides through the nation of Israel, with Edomites in the southeastern corner, uh, possibly the Syrians in the northeastern, and then the Philistines on the western side, and and just enemies maybe even down further in the south for the Egyptians. David was surrounded in his nation by all of his enemies, but the Lord still gave him rest from all of his enemies once he had been well established in all of his borders. He once he had defeated all of those enemies. But the Lord has anointed him with oil. He's given him a cup that runs over in terms of all of its benefits and its blessings. And this is a great illustration is a cup that has a plate underneath it and the cup is being poured into to the point where the cup can no longer hold anymore and it's continuously running over. And that is the blessings of the Lord that are running over and then being caught 
by the surrounding plate, which could be even the people that are in that very nation that are being blessed for David's namesake and for the obedience that he has had unto the Lord. And surely because of that, because of that obedience and because of the blessings of God, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. When we commit our ways unto the Lord, the Lord provides in ways that can sometimes be a mystery to us, but are definitely always exactly what we need at exactly the right time. Now, let's turn to the book of Second Chronicles. We're going to read from chapters 26, 27, and 28 today. And it says, Then all the people of Judah took Uzziah, who was 16 years old, and made him king in the room of his father, Amaziah. He built Eloth and restored it to Judah, after that the king slept with his fathers. Sixteen years old was Uzziah when he began to reign, and he reigned fifty and two years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was also Jecoliah of Jerusalem, and he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father Amaziah did. And he sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God, and as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. And he went forth and warred against the Philistines, and brake down the wall of Gath, and the wall of Jabneh, and the wall of Ashdod, and built cities about Ashdod and among the Philistines. And God helped him against the Philistines and against the Arabians that dwelt in Gerbal and the Mahunims. And the Ammonites gave gifts to Uzziah, and his name spread abroad even to the entering in of Egypt, for he strengthened himself exceedingly. Moreover, Uzziah built towers in Jerusalem at the corner gate and at the valley gate and at the turning of the wall and fortified them. Also he built towers in the desert and digged many wells, for he had much cattle, both in the low country and in the plains, husbandmen also, and vine dressers in the mountains and in Carmel, for he loved husbandry. Moreover, Uzziah had an host of fighting men that went out to war by bands, according to the number of their account by the hand of Jael, the scribe, and Maaseiah, the ruler, under the hand of Hananiah, of one of the king's captains. The whole number of the chief of the fathers of the mighty men of valor were two thousand and six hundred, and under their hand was an army, three hundred thousand, and seven thousand, and five hundred, that made war with mighty power to help the king against the enemy. And Uzziah prepared for them throughout all the host's shields, and spears, and helmets, and habergeons, and bows, and slings to cast stones. And he made in Jerusalem engines invented by cunning men to be on the towers and upon the bulwarks, to shoot arrows and great stones withal. And his name spread far abroad, for he was marvelously helped till he was strong. But when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction, for he transgressed against the Lord his God, and went into the temple of the Lord to burn incense upon the altar of incense. And Azariah the priest went in after him, and with with him fourscore priests of the Lord that were valiant men. And they withstood Uzziah the king, and said unto him, It appertaineth not unto thee, Uzziah, to burn incense unto the Lord, but to the priests, the sons of Aaron, that are consecrated to burn incense. Go out of the sanctuary for thou hast trespassed, neither shall it be for thine honor from the Lord. Then Uzziah was wroth, and had a censer in his hand to burn incense, and while he was wroth with the priests, the leprosy even rose up in his forehead before the priests in the house of the Lord from beside the incense altar. And Azariah the chief priest and all the priests looked upon him, and behold, he was leprous in his forehead, and they thrust him out from thence. Yea, himself hasted also to go out, because the Lord had smitten him. 
And Uzziah the king was a leper unto the day of his death, and dwelt in a several house, being a leper, for he was cut off from the house of the Lord. And Jotham his son was over the king's house, judging the people of the land. Now the rest of the acts of Uzziah, first and last, did Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, write. So Uzziah slept with his fathers, and they buried him with his fathers in the field of the burial which belonged to the kings, for they said, He is a leper, and Jotham his son reigned in his stead. Chapter 27 Jotham was twenty and five years old when he began to reign, and he reigned sixteen years in Jerusalem. His mother's name also was Jerusha, the daughter of Zadok, and he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father Uzziah did, howbeit he entered not into the temple of the Lord, and the people did yet corruptly. He built the high gate of the house of the Lord, and on the wall of Ophel he built much. Moreover, he built cities in the mountains of Judah, and in the forest he built castles and towers. He fought also with the king of the Ammonites, and prevailed against them. And the children of Ammon gave him the same year an hundred talents of silver, and ten thousand measures of wheat, and ten thousand of barley. So much did the children of Ammon pay unto him, both the second year and the third. So Jotham became mighty, because he prepared his ways before the Lord his God. Now the rest of the acts of Jotham, and all his wars, and his ways, lo, they are written in the book of the kings of Israel and Judah. He was five and twenty years old when he began to reign, and reigned sixteen years in Jerusalem. And Jotham slept with his fathers, and they buried him in the city of David, and Ahaz his son reigned in his stead. Chapter 28 Ahaz was twenty years old when he began to reign, and he reigned sixteen years in Jerusalem, but he did not that which was right in the sight of the Lord, like David his father. For he walked in the ways of the kings of Israel, and made also molten images for Balaam. Moreover, he burnt incense in the valley of the son of Hinnom, and burnt his children in the fire after the abominations of the heathen whom the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. He sacrificed also and burnt incense in the high places, and on the hills, and under every green tree. Wherefore, the Lord his God delivered him into the hand of the king of Syria, and they smote him, and carried away a great multitude of them captives, and brought them to Damascus. And he was also delivered into the hand of the king of Israel, who smote him with a great slaughter. For Pekah the son of Remaliah slew in Judah an hundred and twenty thousand in one day, which were all valiant men, because they had forsaken the Lord God of their fathers. And Zichri, a mighty man of Ephraim, slew Maaseiah the king's son, and Azrikam the governor of the house, and Elkanah that was next to the king. And the children of Israel carried away captive of their brethren two hundred thousand women, sons, and daughters, and took also away much spoil from them, and brought the spoil to Samaria. But a prophet of the Lord was there, whose name was Oded, and he went out before the host that came to Samaria, and said unto them, Behold, because the Lord God of your fathers was wroth with Judah, he hath delivered them into your hand, and ye have slain them in a rage that reacheth up unto heaven. But now ye purpose to keep under the children of Judah and Jerusalem for bondmen and bondwomen unto you. But are there not with you, even with you, sins against the Lord your God? Now hear me therefore, and deliver the captives again, which ye have taken 
taken captive of your brethren, for the fierce wrath of the Lord is upon you. Then certain of the heads of the children of Ephraim, Azariah the son of Johanan, Berechiah the son of Meshillamoth, and Jehizkiah the son of Shalom, and Amasa the son of Hadlai, stood up against them that came from the war, and said unto them, Ye shall not bring in the captives hither, for whereas we have offended against the Lord already, ye intend to add more to our sins and to our trespass. For our trespass is great, and there is fierce wrath against Israel. So the armed men left the captives and the spoil before the princes and all the congregation. And the men which were expressed by name rose up and took the captives, and with the spoil clothed all that were naked among them, and arrayed them, and shod them, and gave them to eat and to drink, and anointed them, and carried all the feeble of them upon asses, and brought them to Jericho, the city of palm trees, to their brethren. Then they returned to Samaria. At that time did king Ahaz send unto the kings of Assyria to help him. For again the Edomites had come and smitten Judah and carried away captives. The Philistines also had invaded the cities of the low country and of the south of Judah and had taken Beth Shemesh and Ajalon and Gederoth and Shoko with the villages thereof and Timnah with the villages thereof, Gimzo also and the villages thereof, and they dwelt there. For the Lord brought Judah low because of Ahaz, king of Israel, for he made Judah naked and transgressed sore against the Lord. And togath Pronazer, king of Assyria, came unto him and distressed him, but strengthened him not. For Ahaz took away a portion out of the house of the Lord and out of the house of the king and of the princes and gave it unto the king of Assyria, but he helped him not. And in the time of his distress did he trespass yet more against the Lord, this is that king Ahaz, for he sacrificed unto the gods of Damascus, which smote him. And he said, Because of the gods of the kings of Syria help them, therefore will I sacrifice to them that they may help me. But they were the ruin of him and of all Israel. And Ahaz gathered together the vessels of the house of God, and cut in pieces the vessels of the house of God, and shut up the doors of the house of the Lord. And he made him altars in every corner of Jerusalem, and in every several city of Judah he made high high places to burn incense unto other gods, and provoked to anger the Lord God of his fathers. Now the rest of his acts, and of all his ways, first and last, behold, they are written in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. And Ahaz slept with his fathers, and they buried him in the city, even in Jerusalem. But they brought him not into the sepulchres of the kings of Israel, and Hezekiah his son reigned in his stead. So here today we're studying in the chapters 26, 27, and 28 of the book of Second Chronicles, two godly kings and then one ungodly king of the kingdom of Judah in ruling in Jerusalem. We have Uzziah that he began to reign in, as when he was 16 years old in Jerusalem. And he did that was which was right in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord blessed him because he led all of the nation to follow after God. And he began providing for the people, protecting them. The Lord blessed him and he was able to get peace from all the enemies around him. He uh, conquered back some of the the cities that the Philistines had taken, the city and the wall of Ashdod, and he also defeated the Arabians and the Ammonites, and he the Lord richly blessed them and protected them, and uh, Uzziah set up a great army, it says, an, an army of 300,000 and 7,000 and 500, it says, and he not only set up this army, but he equipped them with shields and halberdens and helmets and all the things of the, the defensive nature and then also of offensive nature, bows and slings, and he got wise in, in 
intelligent men to set up wise engines to be able to shoot arrows and throw stones and to be able to protect the city of Jerusalem. He built up the city of Jerusalem with these larger walls and, and these towers that would give them greater height to be able to cast these uh, slings and stones and arrows from greater heights and so will be able to project them further out into the field and be able to defend the city better from an invasion even from a siege that way and then we have his son uh, Jotham which also followed after him in a godly manner but we have to distinguish one little part here that uh, was not just a little action, but actually a big action that impacted Uzziah's life. He went into the house of the Lord and he presumed to worship the Lord God in a way that was not authorized for him to worship. The role of offering incense unto the Lord and sacrifices unto the Lord were solely for the priests of God, which were from the tribe and from the sons of Aaron in the tribe of Levi. And so because of that, because he trespassed against the God, against the Lord, his God, and then not only trespassed, but then also got angry for people correcting him and was in the middle of his anger and his wrath. And I can imagine in the middle of yelling at the priests when God struck him in the middle of the temple with leprosy, which the leprous were not allowed to be in the congregation of the Lord. They were not allowed to be in the temple. So immediately they thrust him out and Uzziah rightly took this as a rebuke by God for his evil actions, for the actions that he was not allowed to do. And he was leprous then from that day forward unto the day of his death. But he was able to make a good godly impact on his son because Jotham, his son, when he was 25 years old, began to reign and reigned for 16 years and did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. The Lord continued to bless Jotham in the city of Jerusalem and the nation of Judah, the kingdom of Judah on the southern kingdom because he continued to lead them in the ways of following after God, even though he didn't lead them as well, maybe, or as uh, as strictly conservatively, or as strictly following after the Lord as much as possible, did not inspire the people possibly as much as he possibly could and encourage the worship of God. But we did see that the Lord continued to bless them and the nation of the Ammonites. They continued to pay tribute unto him because the Lord blessed the nations around them and he blessed the nation of Judah to receive tribute and receive these providence from the Lord from the nations around them. And so after this, Jotham slept with his fathers and had a good name and was buried with all of the good kings in the city of David in Jerusalem, but we sadly see his son Ahaz was not a godly king. He did that was which was evil in the sight of the Lord. He walked in the ways of the kings of Israel, which all of those kings walked in evil. They did not serve God, but they set up uh, high places and they set up altars to false deities, false gods, evil demons and devils. And we see that even the the devils like the devil of Moloch that uh, he offered his children in the fire and did other abominations. And it says in the valley of the son of Hinnom, and so where they would sacrifice children and do such evil and wicked things, we see that this king of 
Jerusalem now followed after these evil actions. And because of this, the Lord began taking away what had been provided to his father and to his grandfather from all of the kingdom they took away in the western side uh, from the Philistines. The, the Philistines invaded and took away cities like the city of Ashdod. And even the people that Ahaz tried to make uh, political and military alliances with, like this, the Syrians and Assyrians, they did not make an alliance with him. They took the things that he took out of the house of God and offered to them, and they just left. They, they did not help him at all. And we see that uh, he continuously took things out of the house of God and they he offered them as offerings or he offered them as payments just to try to get his own way and to tr make his own political and military influence in this world. And so the cares of this world choked away his worship of God and he chose to not follow after God which he could have seen and should have seen which was blessed of his own father and of his grandfather but we followed after evil and followed after this world and so we can learn from this of what not to do do not be distracted by the cares of this world do not allow evil influence to try to impact your decisions because it will not be blessed of God you will lose that which has been given now let's turn to the book of wisdom let's learn something wise today and we're going to read from proverbs chapter 20 verse 11 and proverbs 2011 says even a child is known by his doings whether his work be pure and whether it be right and so it's saying here that even a child even a young one that sometimes we say oh they don't know any better or they uh they're just young they haven't learned or they haven't had experience well this is saying slightly different it's saying a child is known by his doings that which we do those that are our actions, they speak louder than our words. Even as a child, a child's actions tell of his character and of his nature. And so if a child is lying all of the time, then it he has a problem with lying that needs to be learned and he needs to grow out of and he needs to be taught how to grow out of that by following good examples, but also uh, specific correction and instruction in that specific lesson. Whether his work be pure and whether it be right. So children are known, uh, even little ones of whether you can trust this one for a job for a task and then for a reward or whether you need to keep your eye on this one and you cannot leave them alone to or trust them in completing a task on their own and what more then should we recognize that adults are known by their doings as well that those that can be trusted with a task or those that cannot be let's be the ones that can be trusted with what we are given trusted with the knowledge and experience and the wisdom that God has given us trusted with the uh, treasure and the riches that God has given us even when he does leave us alone to make our own free will decisions on how to use that because truly it is the Lord's and we should use it wisely and unto him now turning to the book of Romans we're going to read from chapter 13 today 
And it says, Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power resisteth the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is the minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil... Be afraid, for he beareth not the sword in vain, for he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Wherefore ye must needs be subject, not only for wrath, but also for conscience' sake. For for this cause pay ye tribute also, for they are God's ministers, attending continually upon this very thing. Render therefore to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Owe no man anything but to love one another, for he that loveth one another hath fulfilled the law. For this, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet, and if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law, and that, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lusts thereof. So in this section of the book of Romans, we see from chapters 12 through chapter 16 that this is the instruction manual for new Christians of how they are supposed to act and believe and to grow in the Lord, in the Lord's church. And we, so we see, and so we see the instructions of Paul given to Christians for the way that they are supposed to behave themselves in the world that they are living, underneath rulers that God has appointed. And we see in the first few verses of chapter 13 that Paul is uh, describing and declaring that God has placed people in positions of power and of authority in this world. We also see the reason why God has placed them there. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. And in verse 4, for he is the minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid, for he beareth not the sword in vain. For he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Since the beginning of creation, man in his evil sinful state has continued to do evil. That has not changed since this world began, since the fall of man from the first sin and sin nature was given to every man as he is born and adopted, I'm sorry, inherited by him as he is born and lives in this world. And so we see that since this world is still filled with men who are sinful, that they have not repented, they have not followed after God, that do not have the Holy Spirit living inside of them and, and are yielded to the leading of the Holy Spirit fully and completely each day, we see that Sin is reigning in their bodies to do evil and in their minds to think and come up with that which is evil. And so God has placed people, men, in positions 
of authority to protect the rest of society, to punish the evil ones that are doing evil in this world, and to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil, it says in the end here of verse 4. And so because of that, because these men are doing the will of God to punish evil and to protect and restrain the growth of evil and of sin in this world to a certain extent, we see then that God through Paul is instructing the Christians of how they are to live. They are even to pay tribute to whom tribute is due. This is the form of taxes. Uh, yes, I disagree very much with the rate and the percentage of taxes that we do pay, but we do still have the duty to pay those taxes. We can go through the proper channels and the right ways of trying to have them voted in and constitutionally reduced and lowered and limited to the extent that it is right to do so, and I believe we should do that. But we still, in the meantime, have the duty to pay those taxes as long as it is not interfering and directly um, conflicting and contradicting commandments of God of how we are supposed to live in our lives and our conscience. Render, therefore, to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, and honor to whom honor. We are to give respect unto the people that God has placed in positions of power and of authority. But we are to love one another. It says in verse 8, then, instructions and teachings to the specific person, owe no man anything but to love one another. And so we are commanded, once again, and instructed to love one another. Paul briefly goes over some of the old Old Testament commandments, some from the Ten Commandments here, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet, and if there be any other commandment. And so he grows this and expands this conversation to all of the possible Old Testament commandments that could possibly be good, or any that might not be included even in the Old Testament, but that would be a good instruction, a good commandment, a good rule, a good thing to do. It is all underneath the one main commandment and teaching, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And this was expanded by the Lord Jesus Christ. It's now being reiterated by Paul in this teaching to the Romans here that we as the followers of God, those that are declaring that he is our Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ, that we are to love others like he loves. We are to love others like we would want them to love us. And we are to continue to do that, not to be weary in well-doing. We're not to uh, stop doing this. And knowing the time, that is high time to wake out of sleep. The night is far spent. It's about to become day. The Lord is about to return, and he's about to bring that holy light with him that is the light of God because he is the light, and he's about to bring that. The day is about to come. This night that we are allowed to work in and to share the gospel and to spread the name and the news of the Lord Jesus Christ that he is risen from the dead, that he is offering free and eternal life to those that believe on his name and make him the Lord of their life. That is far spent. It is about to be over and we need to work. Therefore, we need to cast off the works of darkness. We need to turn away from things that are evil or things that are of this world. We are to need to turn to God and so we don't we don't do rioting. We don't don't walk in drunkenness. And uh, that rioting note right there in verse 13, that is a big comment on 
all the things that are going on in our country now, right now, for the rioting in Portland, Oregon, or in other places throughout the United States, that we are not to participate in that, not in rioting, and not in drunkenness, and not in chambering, and that is the acts of fornication, and uh, of necking, or petting, or uh, making out with someone, and not in wantonness, not in just whatever you want to do, because uh, the feeling of doing whatever you want to do, and feeling good about about it, that is not from the Holy Spirit or from the Lord. We need to follow in decency and in good order, not in strife and in envying. And so we need to have a heart that is content to follow after God because because godliness with contentment is great gain. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. Make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. We are to be fully content with following after the Lord. We are to follow him and love him more than anything else in this world. Friend, thank you for studying the Word of God with me today. I truly hope it has been a blessing for you, and I know it's been a blessing for me. Uh, I pray that you will continue to grow in your walk with God and that you will continue to read His Word with me and study with me as we meet tomorrow, the 31st of July. And, well, friend, thank you for listening, and have a great day. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow.